Welcome to Monday Morning Murder in the News with Alyssa Carroll. Good morning, heathens, and happy Murder in the News Monday, because the rest of the regular news is just hot, scary garbage, and you know you'd rather be hearing me and my bullshit anyway. I collect news articles, along with articles sent to me by you, my beloveds, and others, so thank you for submitting. Unlike my regular podcast that I write out in its entirety before I record, to keep me on track, I assure you, this is unscripted, and I don't read the articles past the headline so you and I can react together. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so our first article comes from People.com, and the title reads, Mom found guilty of drowning 10-month-old son and injuring brother 5 by throwing them into a Louisiana lake. So Eureka Rochelle Black, 34, represented herself in court and was convicted of second-degree murder on Wednesday, according to officials. A Louisiana mother was convicted of killing her 10-month-old son and injuring his 5-year-old brother by throwing them into a lake in 2021. She, from Shreveport, was found guilty of second-degree murder and attempted second-degree murder on Wednesday after the jury deliberated for less than an hour, according to the news release by the Caddo Parish District Attorney's Office. Black had requested to represent herself in the case, the DA's office said in another news release. People reached out to the Caddo Parish District Attorney's Office for comment. The 2021 incident occurred when Black threw her children into Cross Lake, according to ABC News. The baby drowned, and first responders saved the older child, who informed authorities that his mother was responsible per the outlet. Elijah the five-year-old boy, told first responders on his way to the hospital that it was his birthday. Oh, KSLA reported, good God. When asked what happened, he said, quote, My mother rolled me into the water and I was at the top of the bridge, per the outlet. Quote, Mom said it was good water and then rolled me into the water, the boy added. According to KSLA, a medic said that when asked if he had a medical history, Elijah stated, quote, my mom says I have germs, end quote. Hmm. My heart is just so broken with this event that has occurred today, Wayne Smith, substitute chief for the Shreveport Police Department, said at the time. The Wascom Police Department apprehended Black at the Texas and Louisiana state line who was driving a Dodge Caravan with a Texas license plate per the outlet. Three days later, Black's sisters uh, spoke to KSLA about the tragedy. Quote, People painting a picture of her being just this terrible, terrible person, like she's just a monster, like she just intentionally tried to do these things, her sister said. That's not the case. The most important thing I want to point out is mental illness. Her other sister said she needed mental help. We didn't have the sources. She grew up feeling alone, not wanted, not loved, end quote. You know, I don't really want to hear that shit. Why, if you, unless you are having some kind of like hallucinatory, auditory, visual, you know, psychotic break or something, I, I just don't, I don't buy it. Okay. So according to ABC News, Black faces a mandatory life sentence in prison upon her sentencing September 28th. Well, good honor. Next article. 
So our next article comes from CBSNews.com, and the title reads, Baby and dog die after being left in car for six hours in Virginia, sheriff says, and the woman was arrested. So a baby and a dog died after being left in a car for over six hours, and a woman has been taken into custody, authorities in Virginia said Wednesday. Police were called to Bond Seacowers Mary Immaculate Hospital in Newport News at around 4 p.m. on Tuesday after a man came to the emergency room and said he had a, quote, deceased child in the back of his vehicle, York Pocosin Sheriff Ron Montgomery said at the news conference. Side note, not to take away from a child and a dog that lost their life, but like I got in trouble by a listener because I uh, apologize for mispronouncing words, but as I said, I don't read these ahead of time, so I don't get a chance to sound them out or Google what the pronunciation is, so just bear with me. But anyway, police were called to this hospital. Okay, emergency room personnel found a black plastic trash bag in the rear hatch of the vehicle, Montgomery said, and inside the bag was an 11-month-old child's body. The child was later identified as Miracle Wicker. An investigation found that the baby had been in the care of babysitter Kristen Graham. Graham, 40, had been caring for the child for about two days, but would periodically, quote, take care of the child sometimes four weeks at a time, Montgomery said. The child's mother is a 17-year-old area woman who was not identified in the news conference. The investigation found that Graham received a phone call from a friend who was in Newport News at about 1 a.m. on September 12th. The person asked Graham to bring her cigarettes, and Graham complied, putting the child in the back of her vehicle along with a small dog. Graham went to a 7-Eleven, purchased cigarettes, and a bottle of apple juice, so just make sure we're super sure on that, and then drove to the friend's home and, quote, stayed there for some period of time, end quote, Montgomery said, at around 8 a.m. She returned home with the child and dog. Once arriving home, Graham rolled up the windows on the car, turned the vehicle off, and left the dog and the child in the vehicle, Montgomery said. Uh, how much you want to bet drugs are involved in this? Because I don't get people just forgetting their kids in the back of the car. I don't. I don't. I don't. Uh, Graham then went to sleep and was awakened at 2.30 p.m. by a phone call. I'm telling you, drugs or alcohol... At that point, she, quote, went outside to then check on the child, who was at that point deceased. The child was brought into the house before being transported to the hospital. And then there's pictures of the baby. It was absolutely adorable baby. Kind of reminds me of um, Bindi Irwin when she was a newborn, if you even know who that is. So Montgomery said that Graham was arrested at her home on Wednesday. She has been charged with felony child neglect, a class 4 felony, and animal cruelty, a class 1 misdemeanor. According to court documents, she is still in custody at the Virginia Peninsula Regional Jail. Montgomery said that, quote, there's a very good possibility that these charges could be upgraded to homicide charges once an autopsy of the child is completed. Okay, so... These are not typical situations that we deal with in our county, Montgomery said. When you do come across the death of a child, it affects everyone. 
We have children ourselves, and I can tell you that we all go home and hug our kids and our grandkids a little tighter after something like this happens. Montgomery did not explicitly mention whether heat played a role in the child's death, but the high temperature in news in Newport News on Tuesday was 88 degrees. And we all know with the windows up and blah, 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 it's like way hotter than that. So according to kidsandcars.org, the incident marked at least the 26th child to die in a hot car nationwide this year and the second in Virginia. I think something else was involved and I can't, I just cannot understand people forgetting babies in a car. I just don't. Our next article also comes from People.com, and the title reads, Philadelphia man who admitted to slitting his wife and mother's throats sentenced to 23 years in prison. A probable cause affidavit obtained by KYWTV reported that officers found blood in the sinks of the upstairs and downstairs of the home. A Pennsylvania man will spend 23 to 60 years in a state correctional facility after killing his wife and mother. On August 23, 2020, officers with the Newtown Police, no, Newtown Township Police Department responded to the home in LQBAL Singh, Iqbal Singh, after he reportedly admitted to killing his wife, Jaspal Carr and mother Nasib Carr in a conversation with his children per the Delaware County Daily Times. I can I can already hear you guys laughing. I can hear you laughing. Quote, I killed both of them. I killed your mother and grandmother. Call the police to come get me. His son said he was told during the phone call. Delaware County District Attorney Jack Stolsteimer told the outlet that, quote, he then talked to his daughter, who was with her brother, and told her the same story. After arriving at the scene, per the Delaware County Daily Times, he had self-inflicted wounds and was allegedly, quote, covered in blood. According to the outlet, he advised officers of his actions. Both females were found with what appeared to be multiple stab wounds. Both of their throats were slit. A probable cause affidavit obtained by the outlet reported that officers also found blood in the sinks of the upstairs and downstairs of the home and that a knife covered in blood was recovered from a kitchen counter. Both women were pronounced dead at the scene by emergency responders. On Monday, he was sentenced to 23 to 60 years in state prison, according to the Philadelphia Inquirer. The outlet reports that he said he had bipolar disorder during his sentencing hearing that was not treated until after the incident and, quote, would not have killed the women if he had been well. He pled guilty to third-degree murder and aggravated assault after reaching a plea deal with prosecutors. First Assistant District Attorney Tanner Rouse told the outlet that prosecutors made the deal at the request of his children. Quote, the family impressed upon us that the loss of their father, while understandable, only made them victims all over again, Rouse told the outlet. They were wonderful, respectful people, and we felt this offer would grant them some peace while also upholding our obligation to public safety. An attorney for Singh did not immediately respond to people's request for comment. 
Our next article comes from BND.com, BellevilleNewsDemocrat.com. Title reads, Son charged with strangling his mother to death in Troy case. And then it says, Editors note this story was updated Friday morning to include new details and clarify that Neil Howard was living in Troy at the time of his mother's death. Okay. Now you're informed. The son of a Troy woman who was found dead in her home early Wednesday under suspicious circumstances has been charged with her killing. The Office of State's Attorney Tom Hain charged Neil A. Howard, 44, of Troy, formerly of Maryville, with two counts of first-degree murder late Thursday afternoon, Madison County Circuit Court records show. The victim, Norma Carricker, Carracker, 60, had been married to former Troy Mayor Charles or Tom Carricker before his death in 2018. She, that's her address, just inside Troy City Limits. Howard had moved in with her, according to family members. Quote, defendant, which is Howard, without lawful justification and with the intent to kill Norma, strangled Norma, thereby causing the death of Norma. Norma, the complaint states, Norma. Troy police responded to Norma's home about 1.30 a.m. Wednesday after receiving a call for a welfare check, according to a news release from Haynes' office on Friday morning. Quote, Officers were met at the residence by Howard. Inside the residence, officers located her unresponsive and not breathing. Efforts to resuscitate her were not successful. Howard was taken into custody without incident. End quote. Associate Judge Ronald Slemmer set Howard's bail at $3 million. So as of Friday morning, Troy Police Department hadn't announced the charges on its Facebook page where it has been posting updates on the case. Its last post on Thursday identified Norma as the victim. Quote, we're releasing her identity for now and we should have some follow-up information hopefully by this afternoon. Police had announced the death on Wednesday, but didn't name the victim. A news release stated that a female had been found unresponsive and not breathing with, quote, obvious injuries not consistent with a natural death. An autopsy was being conducted by the Madison County Coroner's Office. Property records show that the white frame house at that address is owned by the Charles T. Carricker Trust. As soon as we have additional information, we're going to put it out, the chief said Thursday morning, of her death. I want to be as transparent as I can without compromising the investigation, end quote. We all know that's important. Like, do your job. That's cool. She worked at a waitress at Troy Family Restaurant in Troy and the Lucky Rooster Pub and Eatery in St. Jacob. Uh, Howard is one of Norma's three children from a previous marriage, according to family members. And then they thanked the police department. And our next news article comes from NBCNews.com, and the title reads, Murdaugh back in court for first time since murder trial. The disgraced former attorney who was serving a life sentence for killing his wife, Margaret, and their son, Paul, in 2021, still faces a slew of financial-related charges. Beaufort, South Carolina. Former lawyer Alex Murdaugh, 
appeared in a South Carolina courtroom Thursday for the first time since he was convicted six months ago for murdering his wife and younger son as he faces the next phase of the state's sprawling case against him, a web of alleged financial crimes involving two co-conspirators. Prosecutors said Murdoch, 55, faced 101 total charges, an alleged loss of $8.8 million to those affected by the alleged crimes. So he appeared in Beaufort County General Sessions Court, alleged accomplices Corey Fleming, a former lawyer and college roommate, and Russell Laffitt, an ex-banking CEO who prosecutors say aided him in schemes to defraud clients out of money from at least 2005 to 2021. They also appeared in court on Thursday. Murdaugh's attorneys eventually accepted a trial date of November 27th after having argued for a delay. Fleming received a 20-year sentence to run concurrently with his federal sentence of 46 months. The decision around Laffitt's court case was pushed out to a later date. So Murdaugh walked in through a side door, handcuffed and in a bright orange jumpsuit, to a courtroom that was almost full. His hair appeared to have grown back some after it was shaved when he was incarcerated. Well, that's what hair does. Circuit Judge Clifton Newman, who presided over Murdaugh's murder trial, also presided over this hearing as the former attorney sat and stared directly ahead throughout the short appearance. Ultimately, Murdaugh was escorted out the same way he came in. He was in the courtroom for fewer than 30 minutes. So it's just, and then they go into the backstory of what he was found guilty of. So it's just more money stuff, which is unfortunate, but, you know, not another dead body or something. The next article comes from timesofsandiego.com, and the title is, Adam Thomas, 22, gets 25 years to life for brother's crossbow death at City Heights Park. Death by crossbow. So a Northern California man who killed his brother by shooting him with a crossbow at a City Heights Park was sentenced Thursday to 25 years to life in state prison. Why did I automatically assume that that would have been an accident? Adam Thomas, now 22, was convicted by a San Diego jury of first-degree murder for the August 9, 2021 killing of his 22-year-old brother, Trenton Thomas. The defendant was 20 years old at the time of his brother's death. Deputy District Attorney Christina Eastman told jurors Thomas took his brother to Central Avenue Mini Park on the night of August 9th, blindfolded him, and shot him in the head. The prosecutor described the killing as a premeditated execution in which Thomas fled the scene immediately after shooting his brother and dumped the crossbow in a canyon a few blocks away. Thomas's defense attorney, Mark Carlos, told the jury his client had no motive to murder his brother and argued the killing was a horrible accident. Carlos told jurors Thomas bought the crossbow as a birthday gift for his brother and was planning to give it to him in surprise fashion at the park. Ah, uh, the blindfold. While bringing the crossbow over his over to his brother, Thomas tripped and accidentally fired the weapon, then fled in a panic, the attorney said. Now, see, that's, I don't believe that. Thomas was arrested a few days later in Sacramento, where he and his family lived. Trenton Thomas was living in the San Diego area at the time of his death. 
So at his sentencing, Thomas said, quote, I take full responsibility for the death of my brother, end quote, while maintaining the killing was unintentional. Quote, I bought that crossbow, took it down there. I was stupid with the way I handled it, and I left my brother, he said. Sorry about the motorcycle. Thomas's parents told San Diego's superior court judge, Carlos Amor, that they believed their son did not intend any harm towards his brother. His father, Andrew, said what happened was, quote, a tragic, unfortunate event rather than a deliberate act, end quote. The parents said Thomas was previously offered a plea deal for voluntary manslaughter, but turned it down because he knew he was innocent. Armour declined a defense request to reduce the conviction to second-degree murder, though the judge did strike a deadly weapon allegation that would have added one year to Thomas's sentence. In arguing to maintain the first-degree murder conviction, Eastman said the evidence showed the killing was deliberate. The prosecutor said Thomas had the crossbow loaded and primed with a metal-tipped bolt before bringing it over to his brother. After shooting his brother, Thomas sped away in his car and discarded the weapon and extra bolts without calling 911 or trying to assist his brother. He then texted his mother that he'd last seen Trenton with other people in a bid to create, quote, a drug deal gone wrong scenario in his mom's mind. At trial, Carlos said Thomas chose the park in part because it provided open space for the brothers to shoot the crossbow. The attorney said that along with the lack of motive, there is no sophisticated planning to show that he was trying to get away with murder. Thomas bought the crossbow with his debit card and had the weapon mailed to his home address, according to Carlos. Oh, that's an argument. That's an argument. That's the end of that article. What do you think, guys? Thinking he probably murdered his brother on purpose, but I mean plausible? I don't know. You think that alibi is plausible? It's not really an alibi. Do you think his explanation is plausible? I don't know. Our next article comes from the dailybeast.com and the title says Washington state man fatally shot trying to help deer cross the road. Now I had to pick this one because um, I just recently binged the entire Walking Dead, just the original The Walking Dead. And the deer thing caught my attention because of Carl. So it says an off-duty corrections officer was shot and killed while trying to slow traffic and help deer cross the road outside his home earlier this month, authorities said. See, that's sweet. Uh, Dan's wife told investigators that the two of them had been in their driveway attempting to alert drivers to the deer on September 7th when she heard a pop sound and turned to find her husband on the ground, according to probable cause documents. So the off-duty officer who had been shot in the chest died at the scene. The next day, the Snohomish County Sheriff's Office arrested Dylan Picard, 22, on suspicion of second-degree murder after officers spotted his vehicle, which matched witness descriptions. When asked if he knew why he was being detained, the suspect said, quote, I shot somebody. Picard told police that he had grabbed the loaded gun next to him in the car after becoming scared of a man outside Spaeth's house who'd appeared to yell and hit the vehicle in front of him. When detectives told Picard that, that uh, Spaeth had died, the 22-year-old began to cry, the Times reported. Our next article comes from CNN.com. Title reads, Two people charged with murder after one-year-old dies 
three children hospitalized from suspected opioid exposure at Bronx daycare. Oh, boy. Two suspects have been arrested and charged with murder in connection with the death of a one-year-old boy after he and three other children were exposed to suspected opioids at a Bronx daycare on Friday. Gree Mendez, 36, and Carlisto Brito, 41, were arrested Saturday after Nicholas Domenici died and two two-year-old boys and an eight-month-old girl were exposed to fentanyl and suffered acute opioid intoxication at Divino Nino Daycare in the Bronx. They were charged with murder, manslaughter, assault, endangering the welfare of a child, and criminal possession of a controlled substance, court documents show. They were arraigned and remanded without bail Sunday night. According to court documents, Mendez is the owner and operator of the daycare, and Brito is her husband's cousin and a tenant who resides in a bedroom within the daycare. (laughs) No. New York City police were called to the daycare around 2.30 p.m. Friday, where they discovered three unconscious children. First responders administered Narcan, which is an opioid reversal treatment, to all three children in an attempt to revive them, NYPD Chief of Detectives Joseph Kinney said at a news conference early Saturday. Two children survived, but one-year-old Nicholas died at Montefiore Medical Center, the NYPD said in a statement. Another two-year-old boy, whose family had taken him home from the daycare around 12 p- 12:15 p.m. was found quote acting lethargic and unresponsive by his mother. Uh, he was brought to Bronx Care Health System where he was administered Narcan, which Kenny said saved his life. The three survivors are doing fine, Kenny said at a Monday news conference. So a kilogram of fentanyl was discovered in an area where children napped at the Bronx Daycare Center Friday. I, it just makes me mad. Officials also said they found three kilogram press devices, two inside the hallway closet and one inside Brito's bedroom. Three kilogram, three kilogram press devices, like to press them into pill form or something? A kilogram press, oh, here we go, because I'm an idiot, quote, commonly used by drug dealers when packaging large quantities of drugs, Kennedy said at the Saturday news conference. The fentanyl was laying underneath a mat where children had been sleeping earlier. The nap area is in a back room of the facility. Quote, the residue itself, like I said, it's that strong. One grain, two grains of fentanyl can take down a grown man. So even the residue itself for a small child could cause the death. Authorities hadn't received any previous calls or complaints from the community about the location being connected to any drug transactions. Mendez's defense attorney, Andres Manuel Aranda, told CNN his client plans to fight the charges. You had fentanyl in your fucking house watching other people's babies. Take a very firm seat. Quote, we feel that she doesn't have anything to do with this case besides taking care of the kids. She has no previous knowledge of any contraband in the apartment, none whatsoever. Right. Mendez, quotes, feels horrible about what happened, her attorney said, adding she was the one who called the police and ambulance. 
CNN has reached out to Brito's attorney for comment. Okay, I guess I was cussing out the wrong woman. Dr. Ashwin Vasan, commissioner of the city's Department of Health and Mental Hygiene, said the center is a, quote, home-based child care site under the official authority of the New York State Office of Children and Family Services, end quote. So that means that the daycare was licensed. That means that there's supposed to be someone going in and inspecting and looking at shit once in a while. I'm telling you, this stuff makes me mad. Mayor Eric Adams's administration has prioritized the city's burgeoning overdose crisis in its mental health plan. I understand that addiction is a whole thing, okay? I do. I really do. I've been studying this type of thing for most of my life, and I understand that addiction and drug abuse, uh, the roots of that are mental illness for whatever reason, be it childhood environment or whatever like we all like we talk about together all the time but there's just something in me that cannot compute when people can't choose their kids over drugs and and uh and alcohol there's just like I'm, I'm an intelligent person and i understand that sometimes it, the compulsion is just there and nothing to be done about it but that part i just it doesn't compute with me that you would choose that drug over your child i don't know it just doesn't make any sense to me Okay, guys, so for the next one, do you remember where they found that, like, malnourished 70-pound woman in the trunk of that car? Do you remember? It's been, I don't know, like a week ago or something? So, update from NBCNews.com. Malnourished woman found dead in trunk in Georgia was also burned by the Soldiers of Christ, authorities say. The beaten and malnourished woman whose 70-pound body was found in a car trunk this week in Georgia was also burned and then wrapped in a blanket by suspects who described themselves as soldiers of Christ, according to court documents released Friday. What part of Jesus's or God's word in Christianity has anything to do with treating a young woman like that? Five adults face multiple charges, including felony murder, false imprisonment, tampering with evidence, and concealing the death of another. According to arrest warrant records released by the Gwinnett County Police Department on Friday, they also now face multiple felony street gang charges. A 15-year-old has also been charged. Oh, remember, because there was like an age range between this and like 80 or something, or 68... I see ages down here. Hang on. The South Korean woman in her 20s or 30s came to the U.S. this summer to join a religious group, police have said. She was found in a car trunk Tuesday night in front of a Korean spa in Duluth. Yeah, remember? So Eric, 26, Gwawam, 26, Junho, 26, Juyeon Hyam, 22, and Hyunji, 25, all from Lawrenceville, yeah, Lawrenceville, Georgia, have been charged. They have said they belong to the Soldiers of Christ, police said in a statement. Some of them appeared in court Friday in their first court appearance, according to the county clerk's office. They were all being held without bail. One of them has retained an attorney. It is unclear if any of the rest have uh, retained attorneys. Arrest warrants indicate that the woman had been starved and beaten for weeks. Police believed she was tortured starting in early August. It was not clear when she died. Police say the crime took place in the basement of a home in unincorporated Lawrenceville that is associated with Hyen. 
A neighbor described the residents of the home as standoffish. Quote, I knew who they were. They were a very standoffish family. They kept to themselves, said a neighbor, who asked he only be identified as Kevin. Stella reporting there, Kevin, quote, I would pass them on the street walking and they wouldn't even look at me. They were that kind of neighbor, end quote. The neighbor said about 10 detectives and a whole bunch of cops, that was in quotes, swarmed to the neighbor's home Wednesday and were there from about 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. It's unsettling. You never know what's going on behind doors and garages, he said. I'm glad they didn't interact back. I could have been invited in to do whatever they want to me, end quote. Um, no, clearly they were into woman sacrifice. Uh, Kevin, get over yourself. So I think that will do it for Monday morning murder in the news. Sorry about Friday again. Um, puppy business, you know, but Monty's doing great. Potty training is coming right along. So this is going, for some of us, this is going to be month end. For me, this week is going to be month end. Month end for me means insanity and chaos and a lot of stress. And um, so, but we all have that with our jobs, don't we? But we're going to get through it as we always do, as one does. We'll get through it. We have each other. You can DM me on Instagram at serial underscore killing. You can join the Facebook fan page, Serial Killing, a podcast fan page created by one of my beloved listeners. And I'm pretty active on both of those sites. So let's stick together. We'll get through this. Okay. One day at a time. Love you guys. Bye.